Manny pulls up and I can barely catch my breath. He sticks his and calls out, you coming with me? My eyes roll back in my head and I when I he kisses my cheek and says, that's my pretty girl. lovely (laughs) I think so (laughs) (laughs) hello Slate listeners we have an important message for you by now you probably know about Slate's membership program Slate Plus it's a subscription that gives you ad-free versions of every Slate podcast You can get this show and others like Dear Prudence and the Political Gap Fest all without any ad breaks. But if you're a reader of Slate as well as a listener, you might have noticed that Slate.com recently installed a paywall. So we wanted you to know that a Slate Plus membership will also give you access to everything on our website. From our recent coverage of the coronavirus to Who Counts, our ongoing investigation into whose voices will be left out of the 2020 election, we are committed to keeping you informed about everything this year has in store. And your support is extremely important to helping us continue this important work. You can sign up for Slate Plus now at slate.com slash plus. And if you're already a member, just log in at slate.com slash login. Hi, Ben. Hello, Nicole. How are you? I am doing okay. How are you? I am, um, yeah, I'm here still. (laughs) You know, you think you'll get used to something. Mm -hmm. And in a way, you have, but also you haven't and you cannot. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's where I'm at right now. But like, I'm also like incredibly aware that I am very, very privileged to be working from home um, and to be doing it with friends and all that other stuff. So it's kind of like, just suck it up. So I am sucking it up. Um, And you are also sucking it up. Are you not? Literally. Literally. Yes, I am. I had to go to the dentist today um, because I needed um, an emergency extraction. So (laughs) I feel like (laughs) the last month has just been me sick. Uh, um, and trying to thirst in some way. And I appreciate everybody's patience. So if I sound a little funny, it's because I've got a wad of gauze in my mouth that I am trying to uh, keep in place for all the lovely blood. Um, So (laughs) if I'm not super thirsty, please forgive me. What I love is that in any other context, that run of sentences suddenly becomes wildly suggestive. (laughs) Uh, but in this case, all I can see is painkillers and I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I want to say you're a trooper, Nicole. I would not thirst with anybody who had a wad of gauze in their mouth and was bleeding profusely into it. But such is your character that I know you can do this. Thank you. The thirst must go on, right? It really must. Even when there is literally a bunch of cotton inside your mouth. So thank you. <laughs> I'm excited about today's show. So am I. We're going to talk about some people that we've had on the menu for a while. Um, On the menu. Wow. (laughs) And now we finally get to 
you know, slice in, I guess, is what we can Wow. <laughs> you have all the you have all the metaphors today. Uh, listen, it's a very exciting time, Shay First Aid Kit, because as Nicole said, we have had these people on our master list of thirst objects and you know, in another universe, another time, even we had planned and hoped for them to be able to at least one of them to come into the studio. Mm-hmm. You know, that was our that was one of our dreams, right? When we were drawing up our list. Yeah. Um, but the world, I don't know if you've noticed, it's a global pandemic on. So everything has changed drastically. But we still have to give them their time in the sun um, because they are that thirst inducing. Absolutely. I mean, there's no stopping this thirst train for these two. Um. <laughs> and it's, it's a TV-sized uh, thirst train because they are stars of TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and they occupy their lanes so, so well. Yes. yes. We just want to throw some love all over that. Those two very clean <laughs> performances. <laughs> stop it. Um, we want to we showcase two amazing actors who both represent something very, very different. Like if you look at the thirst spectrum, mm-hmm. these two men are, sometimes they overlap, but more often than not, they occupy very different colors on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And yet there is something that is central to the both of them. Um, and I'm going to throw this word out there. And it's that they both have the ability to smolder. Oh, yes, yes. We're going to talk all about the smoldering uh, a little later, but... Yes, this episode, um, we are dedicating it to Manny Montana and Shazad Latif. Mm, mm, mm. What a blessing. <laughs> what a blessing. I feel as though God has reached down and very gently just chucked me under my chin and told <laughs> me to keep up the good work. Because these two men, for me anyway, over the last couple of years, are really taken up residence so that when I'm thinking about my favorite men to watch on TV, mm-hmm. they often come up near the top. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I, I like watching um, particularly Manny a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've seen the tweets, young lady. You ready, Nicole? I am ready. Let's go. All right, Bim, let's talk about Shazad. Yes, let's. Um, <laughs> can I just say very quickly, first of all, Shazad is British. Mm-hmm. And so if it ever came to it, I think that would give me automatic dibs. I just want to put that on the table. Oh, okay. We're calling dibs. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. We're not calling dibs. No, I want to be very clear. <laughs> we are not calling dibs. I am saying mm-hmm. that if we were to meet all three of us, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, my God, where are you from? And I said, London, I asked for you to very respectfully and tactfully just withdraw. Wow. Um, no, as a matter of principle, because you're a good friend. This is me complimenting you. Nicole. Wow. Don't, okay, don't great. Try, so we've don't cleared that up. Fantastic. Into scamming I, me. <laughs> scamming how me. dare you? I've never scammed a person in my life. I am an upstanding <laughs> citizen. And I'm just telling you that I appreciate your friendship now and always. I don't know what the big deal is anyway back to shazad mm-hmm. yes he is british so i feel proud of him as though i myself created him in my own british lab um <laughs> for very hot dudes he's so attractive he makes me smile whenever i see him on screen i just start smiling really soft 
Aww. like in my heart, in my chest cavity. I'm just like, oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very familiarly warm towards him. I am. Um, I like his face very much. I'm I'm smiling so hard in my closet right now <laughs> because I feel so softly towards him. Like I just wanna I wanna hold his face and his cheeks and just like mwah, kiss both of them. Um, um, yeah, I don't feel yeah, very yeah. softly towards him, but I um. mean, amongst <laughs> other things, Nicole, I'm I'm not I'm not just a teddy bear. I just want to put I want to I'm trying to express the full strength of my feelings about Shazad. Okay, all right, I'm thank you very much. I'll allow it. Um. Cheers! How generous of you. Thanks. <laughs> For those of us who may not be familiar with this British um, actor and all of his British beginnings, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, delighted to. Um, Shazad is one of those people who I think um, you've seen him in places without Mm -hmm. really knowing where you've seen him. And then once you know who he is, you're like, oh, that guy. So he's only like 30, 31. Like he's not like a veteran who's been doing this shit since the 90s or whatever he was born in 1988 okay let's be very Uh clear (laughs) like this is not (laughs) this is not some established whatever um and i think both he and uh, manny have this in common they have arrived quite recently but they've made quite a mark Mm -hmm. which i think is part of my attraction it's kind of like when you see someone with such clear um talent Mm -hmm. and you can see that skill building in real time so it feels special because you're coming along with it um, that's always something that I very much uh, like to engage in when I'm thinking about thirst. Kind of like, huh, I wonder how this thirst might mature over the years. And right. watching, yeah, ex- right, you get it. And the thing about Shazad is he's been around forever. So I first saw him years and absolute years ago. I'm talking like a decade ago in a BBC show called Spooks, which is about the spies at the uh, British intelligence agency MI5. Fast forward a few years and Shazad obviously gets older because that's how time works. Right. And then I see him again um, a few years later in uh, My Mad Fat Diary. Mm, I've heard of the show. I haven't had a chance oh to watch God. it, but everyone says it's really good. Oh, Nicole, it's great. It's one of the best things uh, that, that came out of Britain um, in, that, in that whole decade. I just really, I really love that show. Um, and he's only in the first season. Um for like a few episodes but he is again in this he plays a doctor uh dr nick kassar and he is oh my god oh my god <laughs> dr dr nick is so cute and ray obviously has a crush on him and she has deeply inappropriate thoughts about him and so i'm gonna play um a little clip from season one of my mad fat diary where ray is at a vending machine uh, and she goes into something of a daydream involving dr nick mm. Hi, Dr. Nick Kassar, expert moistener of Lady Gardens. I want to eat his face. Same. It's good for the skin. Yeah, I know, yeah. I drink two litres a day. Probably as makes you go to the loo every half hour. (laughs) I'm getting picked up in 20 minutes. A shame. Why is that? Because I never got a chance to do a sex on you. Ray. Yeah. Don't get up to any mischief. <laughs> well, don't go changing. You keep drinking that water. Oh, God. Why do I always say such <laughs> twatish things? <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't get a chance to do a sex on you. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> it's one of my favorite, like, a horrible sentence that's just kind of like, what? I don't know. I just, I'm full of feelings. I wanted to do a sex on you. It's so good. And his face in that clip, he's kind of like leaning. He's wearing his white coat and he's kind of smiling at her. You understand exactly why Ray would be flustered by this <laughs> young, hot doctor who's kind of like, oh, yeah, making idle chit chat over you buying a bottle of water from the vending machine. It's just lovely. Um, and I love it because, yeah, it is a very twatish thing to say. <laughs> Don't go changing. <laughs> Keep drinking that water. It's exactly what you would do. Ugh, I love that clip so much. So like I said before, um, Shazad is British and the bulk of his um, filmography thus far has been British. Um, one of the roles that I also really loved him in, because, you know, in Spooks, he's kind of like this serious guy who is trying to bring down terrorists or whatever the fuck. Um, and then Mad Fat Diary, he's playing a professional guy. You know, he's funny, but it's not like it's not a comedy role for him. And mm-hmm. then, of course, comes Toast of London. Now, Toast of London is one of those things that when I try to explain it to non-Brits, there's always kind of like a sort of, okay, response, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which to be fair happens a lot with British comedy, but I like it because it's deeply silly um, and it's kind of like a world within a world. It's about an actor who has kind of basically had a lot of problems and he's very much in the twilight of his career. You know, things are about to shutter for good. Mm -hmm. Um, So... He's called Stephen Toast. It's played by this guy called Matt Berry, who's a very good, funny comedy actor. And Shazad plays Clem Fandango. Now, the name itself is one of the things that really kind of turned me off the show. I was like, we get it. You're all jokesters. But then I watched it. And Clem, Shazad as Clem in particular, is so funny and understated. And it turns out that Shazad, as well as being very beautiful, has a, a gift for comedy and like deadpan comedy like he's very very good at just keeping a very straight face in light of truly ridiculous circumstances and i love him for it so i'm gonna play uh, a little bit of um a a long-running uh joke in the series where steven toast who is obviously down on his luck is having to do a lot of voiceover work and so he does all of this at scramble studios which is where clem fandango works so when we first meet clem he is the work experience guy Mm. hi steven this is clem fandango can you hear me who the fuck are you? Clem's with us for a few weeks on work experience. Can you hear me, Stephen? Yeah, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. This is Clem Fandango. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. Hi, Stephen. This is Clem H. Fandango. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear... Whoa, did you just say Clem H. Fandango? So you've added an H to your name. You don't think you're enough of a prat already? It was Equity's idea, actually. They told me to change my name as there's another actor already apparently called Clem Fandango. Yeah, but you're not an actor. It, it's, it doesn't sound funny. I promise it's very funny. <laughs> but it's the repeat of it that makes it funny. So he'll be like, hi, can you hear me? And every time he's like, yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. And then they have this back and forth. And Clem is so clearly inept and can't do anything. And it's just the thing that makes it is the irritation on Toast's face combined with the utter deadpan cluelessness of Clem outside the booth. Plus, they often had Shazad wearing the most ridiculous clothes. I mean, really beautiful. Just, they put him in gold lame. They often had him wearing eyeliner. He's so pretty. 
and they had his hair up in a top knot and they have him wearing like track suits and every trendy terrible outfit you've ever seen in east london they put onto clem and shazad is so beautiful that he doesn't even look ridiculous he looks like an he looks like a prince he looks like an intergalactic prince that is trying on <laughs> multiple outfits each one more beautiful than the last he's so beautiful i can't get over it anyway I love that joke very, very much because it is the most basic. It's like one step up from a fart joke. It's not even <laughs> funny, but it's just funny. It's fundamentally funny. It's just, it's great. And I, uh, yeah, till the day I die, I will defend. Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. It's just beautiful. Anyway, that is kind of like my basic introduction and reintroduction to Shazad. But then, of course, because... You can't contain all good things. I myself, I'm in America because Britain got too small for me, Nicole. You understand. I came to America and Shazad did similarly. Did he not? Yes, he did. And I first saw him in Penny Dreadful. He was playing Henry Jekyll. And I did not know who he was. Um, he came on in third season. He was this character who... He was playing this... Um, Indian man, because Shazad is um, Pakistani, but he's playing this Indian character who um, had been bullied and called all kinds of slurs and stuff and uh, as Henry Jekyll. And so he had built up um, all this rage and anger and he was trying to figure out a way to deal with it. Um, And he was a chemist, you know, he's a doctor. And so he figured out this formula, formula that he could take and become Mr. Hyde. And that's where all of his uh, inner rage would come forth. And, you know, he would be able to release it in what he hoped was a safe way. But as you know, anyone who knows anything about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, it's not a safe way. Mr. Hyde is a terrible (laughs) person. Yes. Um, (laughs) But... Shazad as Henry Jekyll, he had this um, actually kind of terrible wig, but, you know, his hair was really... (laughs) It's a scourge of of TV. It's like, guys, I'm sure I've been to Atlanta. I know there are great wigs out there and great wig makers. Employ some of them anyway. Sorry. Yes. No. My bugbears forever. Yes. It doesn't make any kind of sense. But the wig um, was often... It didn't even match. Like I think at some time, some like oh, some God. like sometimes I think it was a, like a half wig, which means that like oh, the front part of his own hair was exposed, right? And I think they would try to like blend it into the wig, and it was not happening. Okay, it was, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I, I don't I don't know, but that feels, that feels like a real metaphor, uh, just in general. <laughs> like assimilation does not work. Anyway, please carry on. Yeah, so Dr. Jekyll was a very serious, straight-laced character. He did not want to be flattered. Like, he knew that he was very intelligent. Um, but he also just wanted to focus on whatever it was that he was trying to do. So that was my mm. first introduction to Shazad. Then I saw him on Star Trek Discovery. All right, Nicole. Oh, yes. I have such feelings about star trek disco such feelings oh my gosh he had um grown the facial hair which is very important for me because like he's very handsome without facial hair of course but um you know you know me i like a little hair i like a little a little you know grown man happening and so in star trek discovery we get that He's got short hair. It's a little, I mean, it's shorter, you know, like it's still yeah. pullable. You can still grab it. Sure, sure you can. <laughs> I've 
I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> no, I'm just like laughing at myself because I am picturing, I am seeing him. Um, he is a Klingon, right? Well, he's he's a human, and then uh, spoiler. Oh right, he's I'm spoiling hu- it. I spoiled it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also it's fine. It's been out ages. Come on, get with the program. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, he's a human being, and then he uh, gets kidnapped. Uh, and he becomes a prisoner of war. Um, it's also a very um, interesting portrayal of PTSD. Uh, and then, yes, something is revealed that kind of... I mean, I don't know why I'm speaking coyly. Nicole has said he's a Klingon, right? So um, <laughs> so shit happens. And Ash Tyler takes on a very different sort of identity. But his character had this little steamy undercurrent mm. with Michael Burnham. Listen, baby, (laughs) it was, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about um, unresolved sexual tension. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Star Trek Disco didn't really give us like unresolved stuff. It just straight up laid it on the table and said, hey, these two are going to do it at some point. So just stay tuned. And I appreciated that. It was just like, kind of like, she's like this. She, it was also like a flip of it, right? Because she's like the hard, she's the Vulcan. She's the one mm-hmm. who has like a real lock on her emotions and doesn't tarry and doesn't play. And he's the one who's kind of like soft and just like, hey, why don't we explore what this could be and blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, um, that interplay is the thing that makes it just like, oh, my God, when they do it, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> man so you showed me this scene where they are sitting talking very close they're kind of um joking around a little bit and it's clear that they're about to kiss and he gives her this look that's just like it's such an invitation oh what a that's that's it exactly yes and she accepts the invitation and i was like yes (laughs) let me rsvp too Listen, there is something that Shazad does mm-hmm. where he is just like all soft underbelly. He's just wide open. Like, I am here. I want to be here. I would like for you to also be here in this space. Mm. Do you accept? And like you said, RSVP, bitch. Yes, I do accept. <laughs> I shall attend the ball, Mr. Darcy. I will be there. There is something just so hot and like it's it's for me it's like the it's the vulnerability that his face almost always betrays. Yes. Like he's kind of like, Do you wanna do you want because I'm here. He doesn't hold anything back. There's no tricks up his sleeve. There is no it's guileless. He's just there and he's like, Hey, do you want to? And it's like the kind of thing that invites you. That thing that, you know, it's a very old and obvious thing, but like I tend to fancy people who fancy me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like I feel like with Ash Tyler, he never lets Michael Burnham like worry in the in the grays or in the shadows. He's like, nah, 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 I want this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And oh. you've mentioned this before, but his yearning. It's something <sighs> Okay, I think, you know, we're just kind of used to seeing women pining over men or, you know, kind of having these crushes on men that they can't have for whatever reason, you know, and all kinds of media tv film books whatever but when Mm. we get to see that in men it's just so compelling and it's just you know obviously we have fallen victim to the whole gender role crap whatever but to see (laughs) 
ash yearning. And Shazad making his eyes this these big soft pools of desire. Yes. But also that vulnerability that like, I'm offering you this. Please don't hurt me. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That's what I meant when I said he exposes his soft underbelly. He's like a puppy rolling over. Like, please. Yes. Like, I'm, I'm giving it to you. Don't hurt me. And what can you do except rubber puppy's tummy like <laughs> all euphemisms intended like it's right there i th- there was a there was a moment in the eighth episode of the first season mm-hmm. um i didn't have to pronounce this it's latin or something uh it's a see this uh a cv parabellum um and it's yeah like i said the eighth episode of the first season and they are on a planet called parvo and they are in a cave and saru is doing some star trekky shit and they are having this discussion and all the while they've been getting closer and closer and closer. And you can tell, OK, this is it. They're going to kiss. They're going to kiss. They're going to kiss. And then they lean in. They're both like, you know, unburdening. They're talking about heart shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And then their their faces keep coming closer. And just before she leans in, because he's kind of half leaning again, ever the eager puppy. He's like in there. She's also coming forward. And just before she begins like a proper kind of like, I'm coming in, he mutters this thing. It's right under his breath. You barely hear it. But he says, <laughs> come here. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Oh, my God. You know my that whole, drives me insane. <laughs> my whole mouth, Nicole, is full of saliva. Like I am literally, literally drooling. It is such a hot <sighs> beat. Like it just... He's oh my god! I'm so sorry. I'm, yes, <laughs> I'm embarrassed at my reaction to it. <laughs> it is so hot. I think I have the GIF saved on my phone. It's just yes. and I look at it when I need a quick little like thrill. It is so fucking hot. <laughs> a quick thrill. That is exactly. That is precise. I, I I'm looking at the GIF right now, um, and he says it, and his mouth, his lips are slightly parted. Yes. So they come out on a guff of air. He's so hungry. He's so hungry. Oh, my God. Last week we spoke about the hungry boy. He is hungry. Oh, my God. Wow. I am sweating in my closet. Wow. What a metaphor. (laughs) I want to be on that cave in Parvo. It is so hot. It's one of the hottest things I've ever seen on this or any Star Trek. Like, it's just, it's like sex distilled. It is. Oh, my God. Wow. I need to take a Yes, it is pure. Um, Okay. Shazad Latif. Mm. welcome to our thirst repertoire <laughs> you sound like fucking nick fury <laughs> let me tell you about the avengers initiative <laughs> um yes he's hot but like, like we said we can see the talent in him we can't wait to see what else is next for him we're gonna keep an eye on him and always um <laughs> I mean, Ooh. put him in a rom-com. I want to see him do a yearn on a big screen. I want to see him hunger for someone. And if she's a black woman again, I'm not mad. Listen. <laughs> All right, Ben, we have talked about Shazad. Mm-hmm. Now we need to move on to Manny Montana. <laughs> Okay, Nicole, I am ready. 
Oh, okay. Now, Manny has had a career. He's been doing stuff since about 2008, you know, like popping into procedurals and stuff like that or other small roles. But it wasn't until I saw him on Good Girls, that's currently mm. on its third season at NBC, that I was like, who the fuck is this? Listen. Wow. Listen. Just... <laughs> Swagger, and I use that word has been used so much, you know, in the past what, ten years or so. But yes, when we talk about swagger, we are talking about Manny Montana as Rio on Good Girls. Oh my God, Rio, he, bloody he, Rio! Yes, like he is. I'm sure many of our listeners read romance novels and erotica, and there's always a hero who is described as walking with like a like cat-like uh, feel to his walk or something like that, right? And sure. that is real. Just rolling shoulders and rolling hips, and he's just like moving through the air like, I belong here. What are you doing oh here? God. You explain yourself to me. Yes. Ugh. Ugh. I want to I wanna linger on when you said rolling. That is precisely the word. Like... He doesn't look, he looks like he's on like the smoothest wheels, like permanently oiled joints. Like there is never, there's never a squeaky wheel in any part of the motor. Like it is perfectly, and I use this word knowing what it carries, but it is perfectly lubricated. There is nothing that like jars, there is nothing that kind of, there's no rust. It's just gleaming, bitch. It's gleaming. He is smooth. And the way he moves. Oh, smooth. Like water. Just flowing. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Rio, what are you doing? Yes. There is no way you see him in a room and you don't feel him in the room. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, Nicole. Go on. And, like, okay, his character on Good Girls, Rio, has this big-ass neck tattoo Oh my god! Okay, so he disgusting is <laughs> in regular life, but I want to lick it. I want to lean in and I want to lick it. This beautiful wide mouth of incredibly white teeth. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and he's always dressed in black, all black. Yes. He's just so fucking smooth and like a cat. He just pops up. You never know <laughs> where he's going to be, where he's going to find you. You were just standing there and all of a sudden you turn around and he's there like, where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> the thing that is so great about him, besides his cat-like ability to pop up wherever, um, is the quietness with which he occupies space. He is not yelling. He barely raises his voice in like the whole of the series so far. Mm -hmm. He's not a yeller. He's not a shouter. He commands a certain kind of, you know, years ago, someone told me that a real power move um, amongst, you know, the dickhead capitalists of the world is to speak in a low voice because that way you have to lean in to catch everything. Mm -hmm. Right. It's kind of like a quiet move of dominance to kind of be like, that's right. You lean into me. Mm -hmm. Essentially, it's the power. It's, it's, It's the move of a dick. However... When when it comes to Rio and he speaks softly, mm-hmm. there's a message in there of kind of like, I don't need to menace you by yelling. I don't need to windmill my arms. I don't have to raise my voice. I don't have to wave a gun in your face. My presence is enough. 
like I need for you to understand that I'm a serious man and I do serious things. <laughs> and I don't have to shout in order to tell you that. And you're watching at home like, that's right, sir. You do not need to yell. Yes, and he always has that smile on his face. Like, we're just having a regular conversation. Let's let's just act like we're talking about peanut butter and jelly because that's what this is to me. You know, like, he is just so smooth with it so that when he stops smiling, that's when you know shit is real. Yes, yes. I watched him. The first time I watched Good Girls, I was like, I'm watching this really Verretta, to be honest. Yes, same, same. Because the story is not necessarily something that felt like it was going to like reinvent anything. It's basically there are these three women, these three mothers in Detroit who um, are struck by they need they, they're in financial need mm-hmm. and they come up with this idea. Christina Hendricks and Mae Whitman play sisters and Retta plays the third of the trio. She's their friend. They're all childhood friends. They kind of came up together. They are all in dire need for various reasons. Um, Ruby, who is the Retta character, she requires money because her daughter has a, a kidney disease. Um, May's character, she is just like essentially a sort of stereotypical kind of like I fucked up. You know, she's the one who had like a teen pregnancy, mm-hmm. has a little kid with her ex who is played by shout out to fans of Friday Night Lights Matt Saracen uh, and then of course the Christina Hendricks character is like a frazzled mother of four she has a terminally useless husband mm. who is having multiple of <laughs> played by Matthew Lillard so well um, and it's just kind of like a mess they decide together one evening what if we robbed the grocery store right like you know Mae Whitman's character is like you know I know when the I know when the money truck comes and mm-hmm. blah 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 we can just hit the safe it's blameless it's, there'll be no problem but of course famous last words it gets super fucking complex and the show is basically about how this guy Rio comes in and it's like funny story that money belonged to me bitch and then it begins like a whole enterprise of crime and it is so, so good and it's doing the work. Right. And, you know, the way that the show was kind of sold to me when it was first um, coming on, it was Breaking Bad with women. And I was like, I don't want that. You know, I barely watched Breaking Bad. I didn't watch Breaking Bad. And I was like, I don't want want to watch that. But I love Retta so much. So I started watching it. And I was like, this is, this show is amazing. And the Rio, I was like, oh my God. Like some, (laughs) (laughs) if Beth, um, Christina Hendricks character, if Beth does not fuck this man, I am not watching this show anymore. (laughs) Like (laughs) That's your moralistic objection to it. You know what? That's just not realistic. I'm sorry guys, but, um, (laughs) Who can I write to? And I think it's also very important to note that it is run, it's, it's, it's a show run by a woman. And I think often about the importance of having all sorts of women mm-hmm. and people generally, generally in the room, because you can really see sometimes, sometimes you can see it because showrunners essentially are the Bible of the show, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are the fonts from which everything else flows. And I think often about how Rio came to be. And I wonder how much shaping came from like the initial the, the initial idea. Because like you said, you're watching it and you have instant plans for Rio. Like you're mm-hmm. like, yep, he's gonna he's gonna do this, he's gonna do that, he's gonna sleep with Beth, he's gonna do that, which is to be honest, that's the key order of my thoughts. I was like, so he's gonna sleep with Beth, sure. Okay. And then I began thinking about other things. But like their chemistry is so apparent from the get-go. He does that yes. thing again where he gets in your space. 
Yes. So Rio is in Beth's space early, and not in like a creepy, not like in a like a sleazy way. Like at this point, it's it's menacing because he's there to menace them, right, to get the money, right. And then slowly but surely, you see the body language begin to shift. Bitch. <laughs> it, it it really makes you drunk. It makes you drunk to watch him roll up on Beth. And then they, you know, they have this dance back and forth where Beth is finally trying to, like, come into herself. She's finally, you know, realizing that she is more than just a housewife. You know, she is more than just a mother. Then the first season is just full of tension and anger and will they, won't they. And then the second season hits. All right now. Okay now. (laughs) Season two for me was gobbled up in great big bites because i was like get there quicker get there quicker and then it got there wow and the way that they handled it i think again it goes back to your point about having a woman as a showrunner and the way that certain things are played out so Mm -hmm. spoiler alert rio and beth finally do get together and the That's way such that polite, it, such a polite, <laughs> you they finally get together. Is that what they do? <laughs> and the way that it happens, it is not um, some sweet thing where he shows up and, you know, seduces her in her bedroom or some shit. You know, he doesn't take her out to dinner. <sighs> it is. I'm having trouble because this is like one of my top 10 <laughs> fantasies and it is, it is <laughs> and to see it like done so well on network TV. Oh, you were out there God. taking notes. You were like, okay, so this is where I'm going next. It's so, it's so good. It really is though. I mean, I'm, I'm laughing, but it's because I, I'm, you, you're basically singing, you're singing my pain with your, with your song. Because when I watch that scene, I think I started laughing out loud because the thing you were saying about watching it and feeling drunk because you're so full of feelings yes. and the way the way they do it is such a like you said it's not a tender it's not a sort of candles and like I brought you your favorite flowers daisies it's not that right mm-hmm. it's almost a wordless exchange yes she is on a date with her husband mm-hmm. her useless husband can mm-hmm. we just point out Dean is the worst man in the world they're having they're having dinner she is trying to assert herself with dean trying to put herself in a place where she's kind of like hey i've had some ideas i think we should do this we should do that he's doing this classic dean he's not really listening and he's you know he's being very condescending and you can see here just slowly she's getting angry Mm -hmm. but like nicole said she's a woman who has had to kind of tamp down her anger for a long time so she's used to that whatever so she's in this bar she knows it's one of rio's haunts right Mm mm-hmm and then in the middle of this wholly dissatisfying dinner with her terrible husband, <laughs> she sees Rio <laughs> at the bar. He's got his shirt buttoned all the way up. He's got his head at that angle that is just kind of like, oh, my God, so hot. And she excuses herself. She goes to the bathroom. Yes. She looks at herself and she's yes. looking in the mirror. And then Nicole in walks Rio. Rio walks in. He is silent. She is silent. She turns, she faces him. Then she locks the door to the bathroom. (laughs) That lock. Wow. Yes. There's that scene. I mean, my friend, I have a friend who we talk about this all the time about whenever we have done something that we feel very happy or proud about, 
we we joke and we say, God, I'm smiling like Diane Lane on the train back to the city. <laughs> right? Because it's such a secret, delighted smile. Like she's yes. just so she's she's in the mo she's on that train, sure, heading back to her husband and child, sure. But her mind is still far, far away. It is very much still in that room, recalling, remembering. And like committing to memory the important events of that afternoon. And to see Beth in the car, for sure, I kept thinking about Diane Lane. I think it's just a really beautiful private thing for women when we are reliving those moments. And they're just ours. We haven't told anybody about it. It's just you and me. And that's it. And it's, it's, it's just still there. And it's still very pure. Yes, for sure. The purity of it is a thing because also what what they're remembering is a moment of feeling seen. And Good Girls does this really interesting thing in the episode where Rio and Beth do it. They have a meeting earlier in the day. Um, mm-hmm. And I love the content of that meeting because it feels like a throwaway conversation that you would have at a bar. But then it comes around full circle later on. Uh, I'm just going to play this clip next from, from the fourth episode of season two. Did it. You're a boss now. Hey, can we get a couple of... What's your poison, huh? Like a like a summer rosé or something? It's 10 in the morning. A lady will take a crisp Chardonnay. Thank you, I'm not staying. You sure? I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom here. Why? I'm out. I'm done, man. Time for something new. No, why me? I think you could be something. I don't want to be something. No? What you want to be then, huh? Fireman? Astronaut? I don't know. A good person. No, you're way more interested in that. You don't know me. I think I do. I don't drink rosé. Can we get a bourbon? On the rocks? change your mind i won't kingdoms in your name so what i love about that scene is the thing that it comes back to when she's at that bar later with her husband Mm -hmm. is that she is struggling for dean to see her as an equal Mm -hmm. right she's putting all these good ideas on the table and he is spouting some condescending nonsense and she is getting ticked off and she knows she knows that out there is a man who sees the potential and knows what she's capable of. Mm-hmm. Right? I love it so much. Now, Manny Montana is married in real life. So, you know, we got to try to keep this as respectful as possible, considering. That's way too late. That's way I too know. late, Nicole. Come on. <laughs> but he's even more attractive because he loves his wife. Like, it just spills yeah. off of him. He has a special smile for her. His voice changes when he's talking about her. He has a this laugh that is clearly just hers, you know, this just for her. He is so wow. Like it's 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 like, oh my gosh, Manny, can we clone you? Like wh- <laughs> like what? So here's this um his wife actually did a, a, a guest spot on Good Girls, and he's got this little clip of them in the car from his Instagram. Me and my wife, first day on set together, 
Look at that light on you, baby. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what? Nicole, most days I'm very happy to be a, a single and encumbered person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And every so often, I'm just kind of like, why hasn't somebody married me and knocked me up just yet? Because when you hear a man sound as though the light and everything else shines from his wife's eyes, it does something to you. I mean, his smile, he could barely say the word baby. He could barely get it out because his smile was so big and broad and uh, delighted. Uh, I love it. Everything about Manny, though. I mean, imagine having this much. Imagine this being your big breakout role and you are killing it. Yes. And then like just flipping this, um, you know, Latino gangster on his head a little bit and doing something to it to, so that it's not so stereotypical because uh, you know it, that can be a challenge as a lot of latinx um actors have talked about that you know trying to break free of stereotypical roles and manny just puts his whole thumbprint on it it's so good I'm so glad you said thumbprint but <laughs> yes <laughs> he totally does that's just something so compellingly watchable about him and i feel like between him and Shazad, there is just a whole bank, a vault full of just like incredible talent and presence and ability. And while I love them in the roles that we have come to know them in, I just want there to be a big, bright future for them where they are able to spread their wings. And, you know, I want to see, I keep thinking about the big leaps that have been made from the small screen to the big screen. And I feel like the biggest one really in like, especially when I was younger, was George Clooney, mm, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Dr. Doug Ross became George Clooney, the superstar, whole Ocean's Eleven, all that jazz, Oscars, all that shit. And I'm like, no shade to George, obviously. Very talented actor, blah, blah, blah. But, like, these two men are no less talented. Exactly, um, yes. And I just want them to reap similar rewards in terms of the ability to play complex and interesting and historical and important and powerful. And just, like, I want them to have the full breadth of opportunity that has been afforded to so many of, let's be real, lesser talented people mm -hmm. out there in the world and we know these two have the range we know they have the chops and yes they are hot and i obviously want to spend a lot of time with them <laughs> but like <laughs> i want to spend time with them professionally i want to watch them on screen i want to see their talent grow i want to see them really occupy the space that for so long has been denied to men of color and you know i just i, I want them to 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 have the opportunity very selfishly because i want to keep watching them i want to see i want to see manny montana in another bathroom uh with another <laughs> actor if she looks like me great if she doesn't <laughs> fine um but i just <laughs> i want to be able to kind of like see the breadth of possibility and i want it i want that all over their careers and their lives you know Yes, same. I just I'm really looking forward to see what happens next in their career. And, you know, if they're if they're not able to um, build up any steam, it's not their fault at all. There is the system that's uh, in play that just, um, you know, for whatever reason, seems to not have the kind of imagination that allows men of color to be 
um, where they should be when it comes to Hollywood's reigning stars. But Manny Montana, Shazad Latif, just beautiful, talented men. Just I'm ready to see everything that they do from here on out. Amen. Amen, Nicole. All right, Nicole. So, yes, <laughs> we went on a couple of uh, incredibly thirsty journeys uh, just now. <laughs> I'm uh, slowly playing it back in my mind. And I know that I will possibly blush when I listen to some of this stuff later. But that's okay. I've made my peace. Uh, I said what I said and I meant it. And uh, if Manny Montana is listening or if Shazad Latif is listening or your people are listening and they're thinking, God, who are these two incredibly engaging, intelligent women uh, on this podcast? And how can we get our clients on that show? Please do so. We are very ready. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I wish that we weren't, you know, all isolating because I would love to have them in the studio so we could like, you know, look at them and smell their cologne. But we will <laughs> we will take a phone call. We will take a Zoom call, whatever. We definitely will. Um, but now, Nicole, it is time for um, a very important part of Thirst Aid Kit, the full experience. We're bringing naturally all the way back from what, two weeks ago? We are bringing <laughs> back Drabbles. It's time for Fanfic Wars, Nicole. Are you ready? I am ready. Are you ready? Who can say? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be all G'd up and be like, yeah, and pom-poms. And I'm like, eh, I'm very tired. Um, the flesh is willing, Nicole, but, you know, the spirit is spongy. Well, this week, because we had the option of two glorious, talented, beautiful men, I searched high and low in my spirit and in my soul, um, and I decided to write mine about my compatriot, Shazad. Oh, yeah. okay. Yes, I'm. I'm not surprised. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel confident that I know who you've written yours about. So this feels very much like we are very much like sticking to our very known paths. But, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wrote about Shazad. I searched high and low. Like, what do I want to? What do I want to convey? And as much as I want to, um, obviously, jump Shazad's bones. No disrespect, Mr. Latif. I think you're a tremendous actor. Um, I think there was also the feeling of just like something quite courtly about him, something very noble. Um, and of course, a lot of that is based on Ash Tyler, um, who is who I had in mind when I was um, thinking of this, specifically season two Ash, you know, when his hair is all long. Yes. And he yes. has that beard and he's doing that incredible yearning so, so well. Anyway, so this is my little drabble. It's very much set in the now. I struggle to find a scenario that felt like it could be something viable and i was like ah fuck it just write what you know and right now i know being locked in <laughs> <laughs> all right all right <laughs> the phone buzzed echoing the impatience that had been building in my body all evening i looked down at the screen an involuntary smile making its way onto my face three letters one brief word now a question mark that perfectly expressed barely contained urgency. I slipped on my shoes, my jacket, and fluffed my slightly shrunken afro one last time before checking my teeth in the hallway mirror. I didn't need to, but the pause gave me time to gather myself and exhale noisily one last time before I opened the door. Almost exactly six feet away, I saw Shazad put his phone back into his pocket and look up as the door opened. He was doing that thing of leaning ever so slightly on air, 
eyes soft and a slow blooming smile, revealing pearly white against the ever-growing dark of a quarantine beard. It had been weeks since he'd had a haircut, and he'd considered buzzing it all off, but all of East London had heard my wail when he floated that idea. So now it was pulled up in a bun, wavy wisps escaping and fluttering in the evening breeze. Are you ready for your government-mandated exercise? He asked, mock officiously. I am, I replied, the pleasure of our meeting robbing me of a wittier response. I resisted the urge to skip and watched him back up some more, leaving his scent behind, responsible always. This had been our ritual for weeks now, when the supermarkets and the essential workers in them had shut for the day and the kids weren't zigzagging recklessly across the pavement. We talked and we walked, words and laughter dancing across the gap, our hands moving more than usual to express all the things we were going to do once we could, again. If the parks were still open, we'd sit on opposite benches, catching each other's eyes if the moon allowed, silent but for our breaths. The walks always ended the same way, a wave at my front door, a whispered goodbye, but tonight I wanted something else, and watched the flare of his nose and the surprised curve of his lips as I stepped into his space. What are you doing? he muttered, but he came willingly anyway. Oh. <laughs> it's been Damn. several weeks, Nicole. It's been several fucking weeks. And I am tired of being inside and maintaining six fucking feet. <sighs> I understand. Thank you so much. Really I completely understand. Thank you. I wrote that with very much an edge in my fingers as I was typing. <laughs> <laughs> so for fuck's sake, when will this end? Is this life now forever? <sighs> <sighs> oh, man, I really hope not. <laughs> Amen. That but was really I'm, good, Bim. Thank you thank so you. much. No, thank you. Thank you for being my willing ears. Um, <laughs> I'm very excited because I feel like you're going to throw me under a train of filth for this travel. I don't know if I'm wrong, um, <laughs> but I'm really ready to see what your mind has conjured up for time with Rio slash Manny. <laughs> yes, you know that it was going to be Manny. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no neck tattoo just, today. Yeah. Whew, okay. <clears throat> I open the door and Manny is standing there with a bouquet of red roses in one hand and a colorful mix of spring flowers in another. He tilts his head and gives me his version of puppy dog eyes. He asks if he can come in and I step back wordlessly. He tries small talk as he puts the flowers in water, but I sit on the couch and barely respond, pretending to scroll through streaming options. He takes the roses into the bedroom and puts the spring flowers on the dining table. I know what he's doing. He's trying to show he sees the little things. That doesn't make his big fuck up any smaller, I tell him when he sits down next to me. He sits too closely. I can smell him. He's just out of the shower and smells like nothing but soap and lotion. He is sneaky. He holds his palm up on his thigh, waiting for me to slide my hand in place, but I refuse. I'm still angry, and I want to hold on to the anger for a little while longer, so I jump on him, straddling him, feeling a little satisfaction when he grunts in surprise. He searches my face, and I can see the moment when he recognizes what this is, that I need to work this out in my own way. He lowers his eyes to my mouth. I watch his lashes vibrate in understanding. 
I pull his head back so his neck stretches and watch his Adam's apple bob as he swallows. Take what you need, baby girl. His whisper curls into the ceiling. My fingers pull at his belt buckle and the tinkling of metal covers the catch in his breath. Okay, so what you did there was arguably <laughs> unnecessary and uh, perhaps uh, some kind of crime. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm consulting with my legal team. She said I need to work this out in my own way. You bitch. <laughs> he makes me so angry because he's so hot. <laughs> it's aggressive, isn't it? Ugh, I love him. <sighs> oh, my God. Wow, wow. Nicole, I am... Um, I am I'm laid out. I'm like a I'm like a very small cat. I'm just kind of <laughs> You know when cats fall asleep in a beam of light and they yes. get all, they get all careless cuz they're such careful creatures normally. But when the sleep gets good and they just kind of like they're just stretched out. Yeah. I feel like a cat who's having some really good sleep right now. Like I am my belly is warm and full. My fur is fluffed and I'm just dead to the world. Wow, Nicole, you did you did some stuff there. Um, I'm proud of you. I'm proud to know you. I almost forgot to actually tell listeners what to do. My apologies. Um, oh, right. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm just like, Nicole, you're amazing. No, you're amazing. You're amazing, Nicole. All right. Well, that's the show. No, it's not. Sorry, everyone. Oh, right. Okay. So, dear <laughs> listeners, what what's going to happen is uh, Friday, we're going to put up a poll on our Twitter account at Thirst Aid Kit, and you're going to choose which Drabble, um, you know, gave you what you needed. And, you know, it doesn't matter which one you choose because we're all winners here. Yay. You know, there's no grand prize other than your love and affection. Yes, I absolutely love all of our readers' affection. Um, so, yes, let us know. Find us on Twitter. Uh, use the hashtag TACPOD. The poll will be there. Do what you must. Get your voting practice in. Thursday Kit is a Slate production produced by Cher Vincent and us, Nicole Perkins and Bim Addo and me. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. You can follow the show on Twitter at First Aid Kit, and we are on Tumblr at firstaidkitpodcast.tumblr.com. There are new episodes every Thursday, but you can also live tweet your listen anytime by using the hashtag TACPOD, that's T-A-K-P-O-D. Or you can send us an email telling us all your favorite bits to thirstaidkit at slate.com. Our first sommelier service is open for business. Just send us a short message. Make sure it is no longer than a minute long. The number is 510-984-4778. That's 5109-THIRST. And non-US Thirst Buckets can send us a short voice note via email at thirstaidkids at slate.com. You can find all of our episodes and links to listen at slate.com slash podcast. And if you find yourself wishing you could get even more Thursday Kit content every week, good news, you can. All you have to do is become a Slate Plus member. Slate Plus is Slate's membership program. For just $35 for the first year, you'll get a little extra from this show and all other Slate shows, plus absolutely no ads. Visit slate.com slash plus to sign up. We'll be back next week. Please continue to wash your hands and stay at home. And remember, sourdough starter, it's not actually necessary. You could try a focaccia instead. Bye. Bye. Take what you need, baby girl. He whispers, I'm sorry. <clears throat>